you know, we're looking at this as a marathon, not a sprint. This is a Coleman Associate Innovation Podcast. Innovation? Yeah, innovation. New, original, and creative. This podcast is designed to challenge the way you think about how healthcare is delivered. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt. Welcome to the Coleman Associates Innovation Podcast, the show that brings innovations in healthcare from around the country to your podcast app. This is Adrian from Coleman Associates. And every time I turn on the news, look on social media, or talk with my friends and family, I hear about the status of the COVID-19 vaccine in efforts to distribute it throughout the country and around the world. Figuring out how to best distribute these vaccines is quite literally life-saving work. Today, I'm going to be bringing you two interviews from the CEO and COO of Great Salt Plains Health Center in Cherokee, Oklahoma. Great Salt Plains has been distributing vaccines for about six weeks, and Tim and Sierra are going to share what they've learned so far in their vaccination program and give their best advice about how to build your own. Without further ado, let's listen to my conversation with Tim. Do you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us about what you do? Sure. I'm Tim Starkey. I'm the CEO for Great Salt Plains Health Center. You know, background-wise, I've been a part of this health center for 13 years, coming up in April. So this was a new start, FQHC, back during the Bush administration and the High Poverty Initiative. The community banded together and funded the first site in Cherokee, Oklahoma. Uh, We now have four sites and a little over 80 employees. For those of us that are not super familiar with Oklahoma geography, can you tell us a little bit about where Cherokee is? So Cherokee's in northwest Oklahoma, about two hours northwest of Oklahoma City and about three hours west of Tulsa and only a couple hours from Wichita, Kansas. Cherokee's our northwest most site. Our other four sites are south and east of there. How is the process working for you to get vaccines? First of all, we were surprised with the first shipment at the end of December and quickly came up with plans to administer 400 doses throughout our organization. So that's a weekly amount. Um, The first shipment was 400 doses. We were told and assumed we'd get 400 doses a week going forward from that point. So we just ramped up quickly, created scheduling software, and and went ahead and planned to give 400 a week. And that quickly found out that the health department did not have the availability to provide 400 a week. So that's been a little difficult not knowing what we would get every week. That's been our biggest struggle is we like to plan ahead and schedule out, but we pretty much have to take it week to week, depending on the availability of of vaccine. So do you find that you're getting like on average 400? Are there weeks where you get a lot more, where you get a lot less? This is probably our sixth week. Out of those six weeks, I've had to borrow from other health centers and not really, I'm not planning to pay those back, but um, we, we stole from other health centers in the state that weren't able to utilize all that they were given by, by the health department. We've also worked with the local emergency management folks. He's given us a few doses here and there. We've had 400 scheduled each week, all of January. We've managed to give about 1,600 doses in, in January and have so far managed to give the boosters um, that go with those in February. 
And just to clarify for our listeners, which of the vaccines are you getting? Are you getting both or? So we have received nothing but Moderna. Nothing but Moderna. Okay. Do you all have the super cold storage? Do not. We cannot store the Pfizer. Okay. I think a lot of health centers are in that same sort of situation. And then in Oklahoma, or at least in your area, where are you in terms of tiers? So Oklahoma has opened up the second tier where we've moved on to anyone over 65 now. The um, rumor in Oklahoma, and they've kind of forecast in the next couple of weeks, would be that they move on to the comorbidities in younger younger folks. Got it. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to be really interesting to our folks just because we do see such like state to state differences in what's happening. Do you know, so uh, you're averaging 400 vaccinations a week-ish. How long does it take to get those 400 vaccines into arms? So right now we give an average of about 100 at each site. So when they do that, they give them in two sessions of 50 so a session is an is a four-hour session to give 50 vaccines. So you could do the math and figure out how many hours each week that we give those. My understanding from talking to staff is they feel like they could give about 50% more if we had the supply. So in a four-hour session, they feel like they could give about 75. So that's kind of some really round numbers to give you an idea of how much time we put into it. Mm-hmm. Also, on the average for that session, we use about four employees to Ooh, do that. You anticipated my next question. Okay. So <laughs> just some quick math in my head is you could give maybe 12 an hour-ish uh, with Thanks. four employees. This is Adrian with a quick interjection to update my mental math in the moment is it would be 12 vaccinations per hour for the 50, but it could go up to as high as 18 and a half vaccinations per hour if they give 75 in four hours. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. What do you think your biggest success has been with the vaccinations? We're really able to to get a lot of people immunized. And I think the more we stick with it, the more, I mean, we're looking at the numbers, 1,600 in January and twice that in February. And it, it just, you know, we're looking at this as a marathon, not a sprint, so that we spread out over time, we'll have immunized a lot of people. And so we're really happy about that. We feel like that gets us back to a more normal lifestyle and, and also even our community health in terms of seeing patients in our clinics and things like that. It gets everything back to more normalcy. But the best thing is the the patients and the how excited and happy they are to be immunized. I mean, it's really gratifying and 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 we enjoy seeing that. What do you wish you had known earlier? I think we learned quickly that scheduling out multiple weeks, we probably should have just taken it one week at a time. We actually, you know, the first part of January scheduled out for the whole month. So they dove in and and got on the schedule. And then that was a lot of pressure when we found out we weren't going to have a reliable supply of vaccines. So I think lesson learned there is just take it one week at a time and, and you know, open up the schedule system whenever you're sure you're ready to give them, um, because it's, it's a lot of pressure to, to try to supply the vaccine when you've got so many patients scheduled out. What advice would you have for our listeners? Well, I think that, um, you know, what I've learned over the years in terms of change and change management is that, you know, don't be shy to do something new and, and try it and see how it works. 
planning is good and I don't discourage that. And I, I want people to plan, but I think also you just some point you can't figure everything out and you have to just, just do it and see how it works. That's great advice from Tim to not overthink the process and just try it. Next up, we're going to hear from the chief operating officer from Great Salt Plains, Sierra Durden. Let's listen to Sierra's and my conversation. Do you want to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so my name is Sierra Durden, and I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Great Salt Plains Health Center. Um, so I pretty much run all operations throughout all four sites. I have been with Great Salt Plains Health Center for four years, and um, the last year I've worked remotely from Bozeman, Montana. So quite a ways from Oklahoma. We kind of were on the forefront of change to remote work before it became popular with the pandemic. Awesome. Okay. So um, what did you all do before your first vaccine clinic to prepare? So we had about a week's notice and that was a Tuesday or Wednesday and uh, right after Christmas. And we got the vaccines that following week on Monday and they said, you got to get them out. So we said, okay, well, <laughs> what, how do we do this? During that week, our practice administrators, so we have two practice administrators that cover the four sites, they were delegated the task to review staffing, look at the floor plans at each location, and decide for each location, how are we going to administer these vaccines? They determined the area at each site, how we're going to move people through the system, how many staff members are needed, how many patients we could also see per hour. And so that happened in about two days. We then reviewed all the plans as an administration team, kind of tried to figure out where we might have holdups, bottlenecks of patients, any other problems. And th they did a really good job. We actually didn't change much of the plans. We also were told by the health department of a sign-up uh, platform that we could use that they had been using. So we got on there, we did that over the weekend and created a whole sign up for all four sites. So it was ready to go uh, first thing to be able to open to patients first thing on Monday morning so we could do vaccines that week. So all four of our sites were able to do the scheduled vaccines that week. That's really impressive. So you all are using Schedulicity instead of your EMR, is that right? So we decided we didn't wanna use our EMR Due to being an FQHC, there's all the other processes that we have to go through with acquiring a new patient, and they would be considered our patient if we build anybody or put them into our system, even if it was considered a non-billable visit, whether that's, you know, collecting their household income or their SOGI information. It just seemed that the risk of missing some and having that pulled on an audit for patients that don't have the proper paperwork was too high to try to use our EMR. Just as a note, even though Great Salt Plains isn't trying to capture these patients and make them primary care patients, there are other organizations that are doing that. Check out the Coleman Associates Vaccine Distribution Toolkit. I'll talk more about it in the outro if you want more information about how to do this. We started with um, Sign Up Genius. We then switched to Schedulicity, and Schedulicity is actually a company here out of Bozeman, Montana, and I'm familiar with it just from living here, and I have friends that work there, so I reached out to them and just asked what their availability for vaccine distribution, like, do they have any idea? They said, yeah, actually, the local health department here has been using them for vaccine distribution. And I said, okay, if they can do it, we can do it. So we got on, they've been fantastic. Their support is one of the best I've seen. 
and they're actually giving it to us free because they know that the work we're doing is you know supporting the world so they've been great so can you talk a little bit about what your workflow is for administering the vaccines and i know it looks a little bit different at each of your four sites Yes, the workflow is similar at all four sites in terms of the scheduling systems. So a couple of our sites are doing vaccines two days a week, and one site is just doing it one day a week. So again, we do all appointments through Schedulicity. This system is allowing them to sign up for the first dose only to be scheduled by the public. For the second dose, we're actually scheduling their second dose there as soon as they get their first dose. That's helped us with our vaccine counts and knowing exactly how much we will need. I know that there's some places that are allowing people to go get second doses, other places. We're highly encouraging them to come back so we can keep our counts correct. We have at all sites, we have two staff working check-in and check-out. The check-in staff member reviews the paperwork, which we do have online, so that can be filled out in advance. They ask all the additional questions that are needed and required for this vaccine. This staff member also goes into um, the scheduling system and creates that booster appointment, like I mentioned, that we do for all of the patients coming in to our clinics. Then we have a clinical staff member that's retrieving the patient from the waiting room. They answer any of the additional vaccine questions or concerns. The assigned nurse is administering the vaccine at that time, and then they walk the patient back to the waiting area. The checkout team member has timers, and we're doing patients every five minutes. And they have timers for that 15 or 30 minute wait, depending on any reactions. And then once that waiting period is up, the checkout team member follows up with the patient, checks to see if they've had any possible reaction during the time they were waiting. The patient is given any more handouts, privacy notices, the vSafe app, login information, um, reminded about their booster appointment and handed their vaccine card at that time. And then they're approved to leave. And the Schedulicity software does remind patients via email and text message for their appointments. That's great. As uh, somebody who really relies on those text message reminders, I love hearing that. And then, so what, what would you say has been your biggest success in your vaccination program so far? I think that we've had a smooth workflow from the beginning. Like I mentioned, the practice administrators really analyzed it and came to the table with efficient process that we didn't have to make many changes to. The staff is well-informed and organized of what their roles are and their, their clear designation of their roles. We don't have the same staff member checking in, which is also answering questions. We have, this is your role, and um, that, that just makes it run a lot smoother than having one person try to go through a whole process with a patient. And now the scheduling, the new scheduling system is 100% a success. What, what do you wish you would have known earlier about the vaccination program? I would have wished that we would have known a scheduling system that would work for the needs. So that would, would be on the top of the list. I would also like to have known exactly when we're going to get vaccines, which is still unknown. A continuing Um, issue of knowing about vaccine delivery. A hundred percent. But with that being said, if we know that the vaccine delivery is unknown, then we would not have opened as many appointments because we got really excited, opened appointments for a month out, and those all got full really, really quickly. 
And then we had to cancel. And I think uh, for a week and a half, we canceled about 600 people because we didn't have vaccines. And then once we got them, we had to come back and fill all those people in. And so we're just now catching up from having to do that cancellation three weeks ago. So for all those managers out there that are having heart palpitations hearing that, did does Schedulicity help you with that to help cancel folks like send them a text or something? We were part, we were still part of Sign Up Genius at that time. And it did, it, I did mass cancellations and it sent them an email. They didn't have the text. The problem we found is a lot of people, their email, it was going to junk. So we still had people show up for their vaccines that day. Um, we had a lot of people call and say, why did you cancel me? What am I supposed to do now? Even though there was verbiage in the email, you know, that we tried to get them scheduled as soon as we were able. It just wasn't a great system in terms of canceling mass amounts of people like that. And again, if you think of the amount of time our staff took out of their normal day to call 600 patients over a period of, you know, three or four days, it was, it was a lot of time. And that brings me to my next question is how has your call center been coping with just doing vaccinations in general? Because what I've heard from other folks is that call volumes have gone up. Yes, our call volumes have gone up. It's to the point where we actually have a dedicated line that they can go through for um, if they have questions with the COVID vaccine. And those are going to our case managers and they're answering those calls. The great part of doing that is a lot of the questions are really simple to answer. Yes, go to our website, you can sign up, or this is who's eligible currently with the state of Oklahoma. And then we're also able to capture a lot of people that are in our service area that do not have access to the internet. So they're not on the state's portal. They can't go to our website to get signed up. They're not even sure how they're going to get to a clinic to get a vaccination, let alone sign up for one when they are swallowed up within minutes. So um, our case managers are essentially working to get all those people signed up way before we open spots to the general public, depending on what the um, criteria is for the state. I'm sure our listeners are going to be excited to hear about like thinking about these health equity issues about folks that don't have access to the internet and those pieces, how that works. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Do you have any other advice that you'd like to tell our listeners? The, I guess the best advice is um, a little pre-planning and testing of whatever scheduling system you're going to work. Some testing of your workflows, if you have time. We didn't have time to test it, and just very thankful that we set something up good that worked really well for all of our sites. We're currently not opening up spots to the public until five days in advance now, and we have not had a problem with those getting filled. But then at least we know we're going to have vaccines and we don't have to cancel And I mean, I think it's just having your staff realize that although this is added extra work, what they're doing for the world, their communities, um, allowing our health center even to get back to normal since we're not running at capacity of patients like we used to be. We know how important this is. And, you know, they're making history. And it's great to see that excitement on the staff and the um, community members' faces for what we're doing. Wow, I don't think I can say how important this work is better than Sierra. Thanks to Great Salt Plains for the work they are doing and for sharing their lessons learned with us as we all embark on this COVID-19 vaccination journey. And thanks to Tim and Sierra for taking time out of their busy schedules to talk with us. If you want to learn more about the work of Great Salt Plains, you can visit their website at gsphealth.org.
Coleman Associates is working with the National Association of Community Health Centers on a vaccine distribution toolkit. If you want to make sure you get a copy, email Coleman Associates at notify at colemanassociates.com. As always, if you want to keep up with the cheese buzz and future podcast happenings, make sure to follow us on LinkedIn and subscribe to the Coleman Associates Innovation Podcast in your podcasting app. Special thanks to the Coleman team for helping me to produce this episode in record time. And shout out to Jonathan at Bionic Squid for all of his podcasting help. We'll see you next time. Uh-huh.